Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. But I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Inultimate Podcast. I'm Will Stone, he is Chase Caldwell. Good to be coming to you after a, a good relaxing weekend, well, at least for myself. Uh, Chase has been uh, burning the weekend oil over at, over at his place, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was uh, topical that we uh, just happened to be doing the Big 12 next after all of the news broke last week about the future of the conference, uh, which still remains uncertain, but there is a season to be played. There's been a little bit of news break, I guess, on that front uh, that we can touch on really quick. But I think if you'd asked me on on a, our last recording what I felt like the chances were of of OU and Texas making the move to the SEC, I probably would have said between, you know, 75 to 90%. And I think I'm at 99%. I think it's almost certainly happened barring something uh, unforeseen. Yeah, there's been, there's been uh, information come out about it over the weekend that – not necessarily the weekend, Friday, a lot of information broke right when we released our episode um, that – you know, made it even more certain for us. Um, so, I mean, sounds like it's a done deal. Now it's just a matter of let's go. Let's figure yeah. out where we go from here. Um, yeah. I think most Aggies I've talked to about it, like everybody's kind of maybe disappointed or kind of mad about it um, for good reason. Like there's, there's points to be mad about, but at the same time, like I don't think anybody is – um, like so upset about it that there's anything drastic, you know, that's been thrown around this weekend. Is A and M going to leave the SEC? No, we're not going to leave the SEC. <laughs> um, but you know, like things like that, it's not going to come to that point that there's anything. I mean, it's not that bad of a deal. Um, there's some issues with it, obviously, but um, nothing that I don't think. Nothing I think is is incredibly drastic. It's just a matter of we got to figure out where we go from here. Yeah, I think the most uncertain thing is is the timeline for this. I mean, yeah. Uh, if if you if you read the folks on on Twitter that know the the contract of the current uh, like the current TV contracts with the Big Twelve, uh, you know, it goes into, until twenty twenty five, and it's an ungodly number that Oklahoma and Texas would have to pay uh, to get out of that, but it's still, you know, are they really going to play four seasons in like a, a lame duck situation to where they know the conference is going to end and they're just hanging around for that long? I don't, I don't think that'll happen, but I don't know how they get to, uh, like how they break the contract without paying a ton of money. And maybe the, the most interesting thing I saw was um, if the, <laughs> if the big 12 just dissolves on its own, then Texas and OU won't need to pay that money. Like if the, 
if the other eight teams, you know, go elsewhere sooner, uh, no pun intended there. (laughs) Um, if they choose to go elsewhere, you know, here pretty quickly, which on that, on that topic, there's a ton of rumors. Like, are they looking at the PAC 12? Are they looking at, you know, merging with the American, you know, like our, our, our other teams, you know, like, like there's just a lot there that, um, no one really knows what's going to happen with those eight teams. But, um, it's interesting to, to think about, like, we could be playing Texas again next season. We could be playing them not for another four seasons. You know, it's it's really strange, the the timeline aspect of it. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that it'll happen sooner rather than later. I, I don't expect that it'll be four or five seasons that they play um, in a lame duck situation. How right. they get out of it, I don't know. But, I mean, it's it's just like I feel like it would be – like a coaching carousel, but, but obviously to a higher degree, Mm. um, you know, like when you look at contracts for coaches, it's like, they're going to have to pay him X amount of dollars to even hire a new coach. And nine times out of 10, they pay X amount of dollars to hire a new coach, you know? So, um, I'm sure they'll, they'll figure out some sort of way, you know, but, but yeah, I, I definitely am with you. Had you asked me whenever we recorded the episode the other day, I'd have, I'd have been at 95%, but now I'm, I'm at a hundred percent. Like I, I don't see anything at all that would stop it. Um, yeah. unless they just decided to do something different, you know, if they yeah. bait and switched and went to the big 10 for twice the money, I, I'm sure they, that would, um, there's been news that broke, afterwards you know after we recorded um that made me feel good because you know i went on that like 10 minute tangent about espn being owned by (laughs) disney and you know um all of that well evidently you know from a lot of different places i've heard that espn has their hands kind of all over this and that oh definitely it it was all it was all kind of espn's doing from what, what i understand so um, that's not firsthand knowledge. That's secondhand knowledge. But um, it's. I'm glad to know that I didn't waste your time if you were listening to my explanation of all the different, <laughs> you know, companies because yeah, it makes perfect sense. You know, no, it does make sense. Um, I, I did see earlier today that uh, I think the Big Twelve released a statement that they're going to discuss with Texas and OU um, the possibility of giving them a bigger share of the current revenue from their current contract. I I don't think that's going to be enough to keep them around. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, we think that's almost a certainty that they will make the move to the SEC. We don't know when, and we don't know what's going to happen to the other eight teams. But uh, until then, there is still a season for those 10 teams to play in that conference. So we are going to talk about it. Um, let's start with uh, what Vegas has to say about the odds for winning the conference. And this comes from DraftKings. I'll just go straight one through 10. Um, obviously at the top, uh, Oklahoma is the favorite, but not as much as I would have expected. Um, if you know gambling terminology, they're only uh, minus 125, which means you uh, have to bet 125 bucks to win 100, uh, which I feel like it would be a little bit heavily favored toward Oklahoma. Toward Oklahoma. But um, anyway, uh, Iowa State is second, uh, and then Texas closely following there's a little bit of a gap and then Oklahoma State and then a pretty big gap followed by TCU, West Virginia, Kansas State, and then Baylor, Texas Tech, and way down at the bottom is Kansas. 
Yeah, so um, the Big 12 is hard to – this one's going to be harder than all the other conferences for us to, to get this episode it's, out just because – It's It's tough. Every every game matters, and um, every <laughs> every player uh, or every team plays every team. So yeah. um, it, you know, whenever you get to the my seventh favorite pick, you know, you start to kind of get to where you're you're grasping at straws. Um, but you know, for the sake of fun for college football, we're we've put it together, and so. I think probably will what would be our best bet uh, on this is for us to just kind of break down, maybe do our top five and then our bottom five. Actually, that works out perfectly. I, I love that idea. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm thinking. We, I guess, we should have discussed that before being live on record. But uh, A little on air production meeting. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, g- give y'all a, a look behind the scenes. Um, yeah. You know, Pull, Pull the curtain, curtain back, back, as we like to say. <laughs> <laughs> Show you the Wizard uh, of Oz. It's just yeah. two guys. Do you, do you want me to go first? Or you you want to go first? Yeah, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Um, okay. Just because I know you have some good talking points that yeah, we, we have did not discuss. Our, we have not discussed who we picked, so I don't know if we have the same top five or not. But um, I feel like there's a a clear, a pretty clear top five. Maybe not, but we'll, we're gonna, we're going to find out. But. Um, I've I've got the same top five as Vegas, just in a different order. Uh, I've definitely got Oklahoma first and Iowa State second, and then I put. I, I struggle with these next three. I'm glad we're we're doing it this way because I feel like you could put Texas, Oklahoma State, and TCU in any order, and I'd be fine with that. Like I'm not going to argue one way or the other, but I did put TCU third, and then Texas, uh, and then Oklahoma State. Just out of curiosity, who'd you put put at sixth? I know we did top five, but who's your uh, number six? I put I put Kansas State sixth. Okay. Um. So, so mine's mine's just like yours. Um. For the most part, there's just one difference, and that's why I was curious if if maybe our top six was the same, just in a little bit different order. But it's not. Um. I I have Oklahoma, Iowa State, Baylor, OSU, and TCU. Okay. So I, I, I put I, Baylor a bit higher. Yeah, I'm actually pretty high on them, but I didn't know where to put them. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I think I kind of struggled with them in Kansas State, and I, I gave Kansas State the slight edge, but it, it was close for me. Yeah. So I, I, um, my sixth one is Texas. So um, I didn't, I didn't intend to leave them out of my top five. I just, <laughs> you know, was kind of going because I felt the same way you did. Where, where Oklahoma State, TCU, and Texas are kind of a toss up. But yeah. I, I'm kind of high on Baylor this year. I think I think it might be a, a really good year for Baylor. Um, yeah. So so I threw them up above that that crop. Um, but as I was kind of looking at everything, I Texas kind of got the the third place of that that triplet just because of the new coach, you know, and the uncertainty around it and all of that. Um, right. That just that just gave me an easy out to say. Okay, that's why I'm going to put Texas down at the bottom. So I w- I'll say like I, I would easily put Texas number four, and I wouldn't have any any problem with that. Um, it's just it was the easiest way for me to make my own decision of well, yeah. okay, new coach, I'll put them down at the bottom of that group. If we're being honest, I feel like at least this season, I feel like there's a clear top two 
Oklahoma and Iowa State, and a clear mm-hmm. number ten with Kansas. But from from three to nine, like that could be in any order. Like, and it it would yeah. not shock me. Um, it would shock me if if Baylor won the conference or if you know Texas Tech finished second. But you know, anywhere between three and nine, just just, just start pulling names out of a hat, and it's a total realistic possibility. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, um, so I guess my my next five. Uh, let's see here. Who did I have? I had Kansas State, and then Baylor, and then West Virginia, Texas Tech, and then of course I had Kansas last. Yeah, and so I had Texas, K State, Tech, uh, West Virginia, and then Kansas. So cool. So yeah, I feel like we're not too far off there, but. No, um, I I would say let's 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 talk about the the top top crop there, um, mainly our top five, and and we'll kind of go in since I put Baylor in my top five and yeah. you didn't, I'll, I'll I'll hit on Baylor and then, um, you know, since you put Texas in your top five, um, right? Didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So since you put Texas in your top five, then I'll let you hit on them a little bit, and then well, I've got a lot go to go into it, but. I guess let, let's go – how about this? Let's go Oklahoma. Uh, let's talk about them and Iowa State first, and yeah. then we'll move on from there. So these two teams, uh, if you take a, a look at the uh, preseason All-Big 12 team, like 80% of the players on that list are from the are from these two teams. Um, it's just littered with, with Sooners and, and Cyclones. Um, but Oklahoma, I mean, they've won the conference six years in a row now. Uh, I feel – pretty good it'll probably be a seventh um but like they have uh they definitely have one of the best returning quarterbacks in in the entire country with spencer rattler Uh, there's been a lot of quarterback turnover throughout uh the rest of the of the country in every conference um but the, the the big story on them last year was the step their defense took forward and it it was a lot better but i'm still a bit skeptical i'll tell you why um to start the season, their defense was definitely better than it had been, which was, you know, near the bottom of the country. And it was it was a solid unit, but whenever whenever Ronnie Perkins came back from being suspended uh, about halfway through the year, the defense took a major step forward. And and Perkins was just terrorizing opposing offenses. And, you know, the whole the defense as a whole looked really, really good uh, down the stretch of their season last year. Which is great, but Perkins is gone now, and as are a couple other draft picks um, on the back end, I believe. So while I still think it'll be a, a good unit, um, I think we should probably hold off on on saying, you know, they're going to take another step forward this year. Uh, I don't think that's the case, but I think they, they could still be very good and definitely, you know, a much better defense than we've seen from them, you know, in the past, you know, five or six years. Yeah, I... It- their defense for me is just it's going to be the best one in the in the Big 12 I think um just from looking at last year and and all of that uh, I think they they set up pretty nicely to have best one in the Big 12 mhm so that's that's all that matters in in this the scope of this conversation um because I think that's going to set them apart that's going to be the difference maker and I think they're going to have the most potent offense um, so that, that's what makes them the clear choice in my opinion. Yeah. Um, because 
are they going to have an elite defense? I don't think you really can have a, an elite defense in the or in the Big Twelve. I keep I keep wanting to say SEC Freudian slip, <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I just um, it's hard to just because of how great the offenses are. Um, you know, and a lot I know a lot of people dog on the Big Twelve uh, to say that they they have terrible defenses and uh, teams shouldn't or kids shouldn't go play defense or shouldn't go to a Big 12 team to play defense. Um, I don't think that's fair. They they have really, really good offenses in the Big 12, and uh, to discredit that isn't, isn't fair. Um, just because they have really, really potent offenses doesn't mean that defenses aren't pretty good. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. doesn't mean that the players aren't good. It doesn't mean that they have terrible defenses. It's just – they're they're more skewed to where their offense carries the team every every game, and so yeah. Um, I think it's for just Oklahoma, a different style. Yeah, I think for Oklahoma, what's turned it around for them is obviously the first thing is they hired um, Alex Grinch from Ohio, Ohio State uh, as their defensive coordinator. He's an excellent defensive mind, a uh, really good coach. He's doing a really good job at Oklahoma so far. They've also gotten a lot better on the defensive line, which. If you listen to us, you know that the trenches are of the utmost importance in college football and football in general, and they've got some real players up front for them. Uh, they had, you know, several guys last year with with Ronnie Perkins, who was a total stud, uh, who is now in the NFL. But uh, they have guys like Perry and Winfrey, Nick Benito, um, Isaiah Thomas. It's it's easily the best defensive line in the Big Twelve, and um, it's probably among the best in the country. And I think when you can be good up front and, you know, slow down slow down opposing running games, get pressure on the quarterback. It makes your back seven look a lot easier. And I think it's what we're seeing with the Oklahoma defense. But uh let's talk about their about their offense a bit. Um obviously Spencer Rattler is, you know, he's gonna be up there on some Heisman lists and uh rightfully so, uh, maybe uh top five draft pick next year, maybe number one. Maybe he continues that trend of, you know, Oklahoma quarterback wins Heisman, goes number one overall, yada, yada, yada. Um, I think he's really good. He had a bit of a rough start last year and even got benched in the Texas game, but came back second half of that game, uh, ended up you know, finishing that one off and winning and uh, had a really good year. I feel like their whole season kind of turned in that game because the following week they got like five guys back from suspension and they just uh, kind of steamrolled the rest of their schedule. But um, as as good as he is and as good as they were, it was a step back from the offenses that we have seen from Oklahoma. It wasn't the, you know, it wasn't on the level of the Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray level offenses. Uh, but that's okay. Like they had some some young guys playing last year. It was Rattler's first year. It was um, Marvin Mims's first year, who's a total stud at receiver. Uh, Austin Stockner was a young player. So, um, all those guys are back for another year, you know, year older, year wiser. And uh, I think they could get back to that level that they used to be at, but uh, we're just going to have to see it. Yeah, I, um, they have the talent to do it. They're, for they're sure. so talented um, at the skill positions that, you know, running back, running back's a, a position that they're, they're pretty, pretty heavy on, you know, I, I, I uh, 
I think that uh, Seth McGowan is a really, really good running back. Um, he was one that I wanted for a while whenever he was a recruit. Um, they also had uh, Eric Gray transfer in from Tennessee. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say that because they they got like four or five transfers from Tennessee, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, so like there, there was a, we talked the uh, SEC East episode about how there was kind of a mass exodus at Tennessee. Um, half the team went to OU, I believe. Um, so they, I feel like they kind of went in and cherry picked um, Tennessee's team and got some of the really good players, and so um, that's going to help them of course, but, um, yeah, just, you know, at the skill positions, Mims, you know, he's a fantastic receiver. Um, Jaden Hazelwood's a, a really good receiver. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I think they have the tools to do it, you know? Yeah. I think Hazelwood's been injured for a couple seasons. So if he's finally healthy, that'll give them a big boost. I know he was a, a big time prospect coming out, but, um, They've got backs, you know. They've got O linemen. Uh, they have a great quarterback and uh, some really good and now experienced weapons. So uh, we should we should see a big year from them. It's it it could be a season where they can actually you know get into the playoffs and maybe win a game. Uh, depends on who their opponent is, but um, I don't know. I mean, is was last year was last year's defense the new norm? Are they going to be that good again? Uh, or are they going to, you know, revert back to years past? And on offense, are they going to, are they going to revert back to years past in a good way? Are they going to take that next step and be, you know, as explosive as they've been uh, under Lincoln Riley? But um, that's enough about them. Uh, we, I think they're a pretty safe bet to uh, to win the conference. But the next team has a pretty good case as well at Iowa State. Uh, if you'd asked me five years ago if, if Iowa State would be uh, a clear number two in the Big 12, I mean, anybody in the country would have would have laughed at you. They were, you know, a perennial doormat. But hats off to Matt Campbell. Um, he's got to be one of the best coaches in the country at this point for taking a program like, like Iowa State and building them into – I really like – he's got good players, but he doesn't recruit at a even a top 25 clip. You know, like it's mm-hmm. I think it's more about about football, like like coaching ability and uh, building a culture there. I think he's he's done an exceptional job with that. That's exactly what I was going to say, because I, th- I thought you were just going to say coaching ability. I was going to say I think it, it's partially a culture thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of these it, football is one of the football, in my opinion, is the best team sport on the face of the earth. Um, so in today's age of college football and pro football for that matter, um, where you have just these super talented athletes just across the board, um, I think a lot of really, really talented teams sometimes forget about the team aspect of it. Um, and, and so when, when you see teams that don't have the talent on paper, um, really excel, you got to think that 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 team part of it um, comes into play a lot, and and that culture of just working together um, works a lot. That yeah. being said, they do have have some really good talent. Um, I think Brock Purdy's one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Um, 
I love Brock Purdy. I, I'm big on him. Um, I, I, you know, if you look at their list of players and and their names, and like you said, not not even probably a top twenty five recruiting class, you know, year over year, but it's still they still have some really good players returning um, that that put up some numbers last year. They've got um, they're pretty deep at at wide receiver. I don't know if you've looked at their receivers that they have. Uh, but I know they had one that was a an All Big Twelve pick, but I can't remember his name. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing for me is just the the amount of bodies that they have there. Yeah, um, they're all big. I mean, six five, six four, like six six. <laughs> Here's a guy yeah. here that's six six. Um, so they they've got some some depth there for sure, and you got to have that in the Big Twelve yeah. at that position. But um, and most of all, they yeah, have all. Who's yeah. who's a preseason All American at running back, <laughs> right? Right, um, and they've always done it. They've always they've always done really well at running the ball. Um, I don't feel like you see that as much in the Big Twelve. You know, like they'll they'll throw it out to the flat and everything like that, but um, you don't just see some real heavy hitting running backs. And and I feel like he's definitely one of them. Yeah, for um, sure. And that's kind of their been their mo in in years past. Like if they need to run it, they will, and they'll they'll run it efficiently. Yeah. Um, and and that's what some of the other teams struggle with that um, have really good potent offenses. But when somebody tries to make them, or when when a team makes them one dimensional and they have to run the ball, um, they're not as efficient. And yeah. and I think Iowa State has always done a pretty good job at that. You know. Yeah, they have good tight ends too. I know Charlie Kohler is a a popular pick among uh, among the uh, All American lists and stuff like that. I think he was the the first team All Big Twelve tight end. So um, they definitely use that position a lot more than their uh, fellow conference mates. But mm-hmm. um, I think of, of their of of their entire roster, I think they only lost like one guy off of last year's team. Uh, he, he was really good. He was a defensive tackle that you know I think he got drafted in the NFL, but. Um, a team that was already pretty good last year with basically everybody coming back, uh, they can definitely make some noise. And they can, you know, they they beat Oklahoma once last year and played them close the second time. So um, I'm not going to tell you that they can't win the Big 12. They definitely can. But I think Oklahoma is going to be too much after, you know, like I think the year to get Oklahoma was last year with a new quarterback. So I think they're going to have, you know, too much experience and and be too good on both sides of the ball to uh, to allow Iowa State to win their first conference title in a hundred years or so, maybe ever. I don't know. It's been a long time. For them. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe have they ever won a title? I don't think they have. Maybe back when they were the Big Eight. I, even then, I don't think they did. Even it was then, all, maybe not. Yeah, it was all Oklahoma and Nebraska. But yeah, I don't know. I, I I really like a underdog story. Um, oh yeah, everybody does. You know, I'm, I'm not any different than anybody. But it it's always cool for me to see teams like Iowa State really rise to prominence. Yeah. Um, you know, 
UNC is an example of that. Just teams that just have have never really been traditionally good. It, it's fun to see them have some success. Um, it's fun for the fans of that school. It's it's fun for the the players there, um, and it's probably really good for their school funding wise. So oh yeah, um, and not to I, I'm not going to harp on this. I promise I'm not going to harp on this. Uh, but you know that's what I I'm. I expressed that I was worried about with Texas and OU going to the SEC was that how it would hurt some of these teams. Like, I don't think, I don't think if they would have gone to the SEC when we went to the SEC that we would see Iowa state be as good as they are right now, you know? No, definitely not. Um, so, so that it's kind of, that's what I'm curious to see how that all pans out. But, um, Iowa state, they've just, they've just really made a name for themselves over the past few years and uh, Matt Campbell's done a fantastic job. I'm sure he's the hottest coach in college football. You know, if you're if you're looking for a coach, yeah, uh, you got you have to mention his name. You know, I, I have no uh, idea why Michigan renewed Harbaugh last year and didn't make a furious run at Matt Campbell. It it makes no sense to me. But I'm not an AD. I don't hire football coaches, so um, I'm sure they know a lot more than I do. But I, it feels like Matt Campbell. Uh, it seems like he really does love it there, but I just I feel like I can't see him staying there for the long haul. You know, like not for the next mm-hmm. ten or fifteen years. Like some some rich program is going to come in and and take him, but it may not be for a while. I mean, this is he's got a really good chance this year to to make some noise. But who who was your team in, at, at at number three? I had Baylor at three. Yeah, Baylor at three. Okay, let's uh yeah. You, you want to go ahead and talk to them? Yeah, I'll talk Baylor. Um, okay. Baylor, uh, they they've got some talent on their roster as well. Uh, you know, I hate saying stuff like that because, <laughs> duh, everybody does. Um, <laughs> but the, but they, you know, I, I think that that this will be a good year for us to see Dave Aranda as you know how he's put it together. Yeah. Um, I think this will be this would be their maybe jumping off year, um, and so so that's honestly kind of why I'm high on them is is that I have faith in Dave Aranda. I think he is a really good coach. Um, I thought that that was a really really good hire by Baylor. Um, in fact, my cousin's a big Baylor fan, um, follows it religiously like we follow A and M, and so. Uh, whenever they hired him, I texted him like, "Man, that was a that was a good hire," and he was just beside himself, excited. And and I I think he it, he had every right to. I think uh, Dave Aranda knows how to do it. Um, and so this would be the jumping off year for him. Let's see if it happens or not. But yeah, I, I do think I I lean towards I think it's going to happen. Um. And again, I told you I wasn't going to harp on this, and I'm I, here. I am mentioning it again, but I think I think every team outside of Texas and in OU is going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder this year, and yeah. they're going to be playing with that chip on their shoulder. And so, when you put that that into play uh, for a team like Iowa State or a team like Baylor, uh, especially in Baylor's case, you've got this new coach where. It could potentially be the jumping off point for them. Um, and then you put a chip on their shoulder. It's kind of like 
A&M joining the SEC in 2012. You know, like we had yeah. a a new coach, but we had a team that felt like everybody across the country expected them to come in and be just like Vanderbilt, you know. And so that the players played outside of their skill level maybe. Um, and I think that that you may see some of that with Baylor. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my my thought process on it at least. Um, but yeah, they've, they've got some talent um, on their team and, you know, just some key positions for them. Um, the, the problem with Baylor is I, have, I didn't follow them very closely last year. So I don't know how different their team looked from years past. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't recall them being just tremendously good last year, but I, I don't, I don't honestly remember. I'm going to have to look up whatever, but my, went, my deal on Baylor. Seven. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I don't, I don't recall them. It was a very forgettable season, whatever it was. For sure. I don't recall them being good at all last year. And so yeah. uh, I'm not going off of last year, you know, here's what happened last year. So, this is what happened. And honestly, I don't think that you can do that with any conference, any team, whatever, that that did terrible last year because I think some teams probably mishandled COVID and um, it probably really had a negative effect on them where other teams maybe it didn't. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think – I don't think 2020 is a good – measuring stick for what 2021 is going to look like for any team. Um, but especially with them, this is what Dave Aranda's third year. It's his second. His second year, second season as head coach. So, um, so yeah, I, I think you start to see a little bit of a difference yeah. um, in their team. And, and I have faith in Dave Aranda and I, I have faith in Baylor as a team. So I, those that's kind of what goes into it. it. It honestly has nothing to do with how they've performed on the field in years past. It's just yeah. more of they have a lot of pieces in place that I, I think you might see um, them outperform maybe how they did last year. Yeah, I'm actually really high on them. I know, I know, I put them seventh, which sounds like I'm not high on them, but I, I really, I really am. <laughs> like, I, I do like Dave Aranda. He was he's never been a head coach, and last year in a COVID year, like. Um, things didn't go as planned and, you know, he, mm-hmm. he had a rough go at it, but, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was a good thing. Like, like he, he, he's already re- replaced his offensive coordinator. Like he's, he's already like, Hey, I've seen enough. Uh, we're going to let you go and bring in, uh, Jeff Grimes from BYU. Uh, now I know that BYU had an explosive offense last year. This guy was more along the, uh, offensive line and running game side. So I wouldn't expect to see, you know, the next BYU offense from last year uh, in Waco all of a sudden. But uh, he's a really good coach. And uh, I know they, they lost Charlie Brewer, but that may not be a bad thing. Um, Charlie Brewer, he's a fine quarterback, you know, very, uh, very efficient passer, but just not a great athlete. And I think in college, I think they have a couple of guys that uh, are, are pretty good athletes that may start a quarterback for them and uh, provide an upgrade in terms of that. But, um, yeah. To, to finish off their offense, they have a really good receiver coming back in R.J. Sneed. Uh, Tristan Ebner is back for his fifth or sixth year uh, at running back. So um, they got some transfers on the off- on the offensive line. 
Um, and then on defense, like they have some really nice players on defense. I know we talked about uh, in our Q and A, you know, uh, Jalen Petrie, the Dish Man, but uh, he, he's he's a really good player. Um, they have another good linebacker named uh, Terrell Bernard, who is a, a draft prospect for next year. And then they got a, a, a huge, literally huge transfer from LSU in uh, Apu Ika, a Samoan uh, defensive tackle, who's a very, very large man. So uh, I think they could be really good in the front seven and, you know, shut down some of these big 12 running games. And I don't know. I feel like I feel like Aranda's a good coach and he's got some, especially on defense, has some really nice pieces and that could give them a boost this year. Yeah, that that's that's exactly why mine again isn't based on last year's numbers or anything like that. It's just that they do have talent, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge a coach on his first year. I thought it was a second year last year, but I wasn't gonna judge him on his second year. But yeah, um, I guess I'm gonna have to this year um, since it's the <laughs> second year. So uh, I I I do think that um, I don't know. I just think that. I think you start to see them pick up. I, I think they've they've got a really good coach in Dave Aranda, and I, I think he he will do do really well for them. Baylor always has a way of hiring good coaches. Um, they really do, and and like they they just I, I think I think they I expect that they'll have a good good season. I th- I feel like you and I feel the same way about them. Just the difference is that I threw them up at the top because you know I'm high on them, so I'm gonna say. I'm going to go with them even if I'm dead wrong where you're kind of more going with the safe bet, even though you kind of in the back of your mind think that they might be good, you know? So yeah. uh, I am high on them, but at least I, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, no, I'm high on them. I, I still want to see their offense and see, especially see their quarterback play and see what's, what's going on with that. Um, but I'm also high on TCU. I know I talked about that in a prior episode that they were one of my, my teams to watch this year. I think they have a really nice big three on offense. Uh, I love the quarterback, Max Dugan. I love, well, I, I love the talent of the running back, Zach Evans. Uh, five-star prospect from a couple years ago. Uh, and then Quentin Johnston is a terrific receiver. Uh, averaged like something crazy, like 22 yards a catch last year or something. But all those guys are pretty young. I think, uh, I, I, I know I call him Dugan. It is pronounced Duggan. But I think I think Duggan was a sophomore, uh, Zach Evans and and Johnston were both true freshmen. You know, if, if you look at their line, they've got some guys that that A and M wanted. Uh, they've got guys like Andrew Coker and Garrett Hayes, who are both, uh, I believe, both four star prospects and uh, pretty good offensive linemen. Uh, I know they got a couple of transfers up front, and then so I think I think their offense wasn't great last year, but uh, I think it was just kind of a a younger a, a younger side of the ball and uh, not very experienced, but. I think this year they could they could take a step forward on that side of the ball, and then on defense it's Gary Patterson. It's a Gary Patterson defense. It's always going to be respectable. Uh, really good last year. Lost some guys to the draft, but uh, still has some some high end players on on that side of the ball as well. Yeah, I had forgotten about Garrett Hayes going there. He was in his I did class. Too. I think my number one my number one want in his class. I, I can't remember if there was somebody above him, but yeah. Um, I, I kind of forget who's in what class, you know, but I saw I someone on remember, Twitter the other day mentioned him. I was like, I forgot about Garrett. Hey, that's, that's a good player. Yeah. I, uh, for those who don't, you know, follow recruiting at all, uh, 
this kid's recruiting tape. His last name is Hayes, H A Y E S. Um, but his, his I forgot about this. His too. recruiting tape on Huddle was called "Get Hazed." <laughs> it was just his last name, but uh, like so, a fraternity, Hazed. Yeah, get hazed, and and so I thought it was the funniest thing. But it was literally just pancake after pancake after pancake. I mean, he was he was just mauling some some guys in in high school. So that's he, that's he FAF. Was, he was somebody. Yeah, oh my God, I haven't heard that term in ten years, probably. Uh, I'm sure Casey was probably the last person I heard say that. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. So he's he's he is phenomenal, and and that's kind of funny that you mentioned that because, you know. Me being me, I didn't even look at their line. <laughs> like, that's, that's, I know that's your the first thing you look at, and that sometimes is sometimes isn't depends. Uh, when we're talking Big Twelve, I wasn't even looking at lines because you know I'm looking more at receivers and quarterback pairings. Uh, but what was jumping out to me whenever I was looking through them um, is their talent at running back. Um, you know, of course they have Zach Evans. He you know, even though he had a, a wild recruitment, um, he, he's very talented. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw, I, I went to a TCU game last year and he played a little bit and, and he looked great on the field. I think he played a little, maybe I drink. Uh, did he play last year? He played some. Yeah, man. I got to stop second guessing myself whenever we're recording. <laughs> As soon as I like say stuff, sometimes I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Am I thinking the right thing? Yeah. Like, no, no, he, he, he I, did. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why I was second guessing it, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember him being out there and this is why I second guessed it. I was there at the game and completely forgot that he had gone to TCU yeah, and when he went on the field, or when they when they said his name, I was like, "Oh wait, I forgot about Zach Evans," you know, <laughs> and and so so that's why I was second guessing. I'm like, "Wait, did I actually see him play?" Uh, I did. I that's it was easily just a the, really really cold game. So yeah, that's easily uh, like the the wildest recruitment that you and I have ever seen, right? Like hands down. Oh, by far, by yeah, far, th- by that's far a whole the wildest one I ever followed. Yeah, that's a whole different story that we will we'll tell someday. But <laughs> if you're yeah. if you're in the recruiting scene, you already know. But uh, it's it was it was a mess. But um, on on yeah. TCU's offense, I also forgot about uh, they still have Tay Barber at receiver, who I feel like he's been there for five or six years. And he probably has with the COVID rule, you can come back. So um, he's another nice option at receiver. So. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty high on this TCU team. Yeah, actually, now the more I look at it, the more I'm kind of kind of like uh, maybe I should have put them higher, but <laughs> I put them at fifth. I probably should have put them at third, honestly. Now the more I look at it, but I'm gonna stick with it. You know, Baylor and and I I my my next pick was Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um. So when we get into Oklahoma State, I'm gonna feel the same way because yeah. they always have talent, but. Uh, Let's go and do it now. Is, is going to be a pretty salty team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll I'll segue into it. Um, yeah. So so Oklahoma State. Um, you know, my big deal on Oklahoma State is they always put together a a decent team. Um, say what you will about Mike Gundy, and there's a lot that you could say. Uh, 
but he can he can put together some some pretty good teams. I think he's a I think he's a above above decent coach. Like I think he's a good coach. I think he's good. I don't think he's I don't think he's elite, but I think he's a good coach. You yeah. know, um, and and so I I expect that every year that he's coaching Oklahoma State, they're going to be relatively good. Um, that being said, they, um, I don't know. They, the, there's some questions for them, um, on offense for me. I don't know if it's good or bad that Gundy cut his mullet. <laughs> I, my opinion, that's good. I, I, mullets are the weirdest thing to be popular, in my opinion. <laughs> but as it relates I, I to the team, like, I feel like it may have a, a negative impact on the team after he's had the mullet for so long. Like, it was, it was bringing some, some positive energy. Now it's gone. Yeah, but was it all that positive? I, I don't know. <laughs> it may not have been. I mean, <laughs> you know, he, he just, I don't, he looked, he looked like, I don't know, he looked like a goofball. No, I, Mullets to me are just strange. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll have plenty of people listening to it that are like all in on mullets right now that that will, you know, prod me for that. But that's okay because ten years from now they're going to be looking at pictures of themselves and be like, "Why in the world did I do that?" And I'll win. So um, they're uh, is it Bray? They have one really good receiver. From last year, yeah. When I was watching some of their film, I think it—I don't remember who it was. I should have written his name down. But he was jumping off. You know, before I do these, I always go back and like watch. I try not to watch highlights. I try to watch, you know, um, like like a full game. Yeah, I try to watch the. Oh, what do you call those? where they like fast forward it, you oh, know what the, I mean? Uh, the uh, no huddle. Yeah, I try to watch some of those. Yeah, uh, just to just get an idea of, like, I want to see both the highlights and the lowlights, you know? Yeah. And, and um, there was a kid that that was jumping off the page at me, um, and I I remember I looked him up, and he was a freshman or a sophomore, and he's still he's still gonna be on their team, and I'm I'm sorry I don't know every college football player on every college football team. <laughs> I apologize about that. I should have written his name down for professionalism, I guess, but um there they have a receiver who's yeah. back this year because I looked into it 2 days ago and I've slept since then. Um and he is he's really good. I just can't remember what his name is. <laughs> yeah. No, I I feel like like they're such a frustrating team for me because they 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 lose games they should win. And then they go win games mm-hmm. they should lose. Like last year against Texas, they went up and down the field on Texas, but they fumbled the ball. They, you know, threw picks and, and set Texas up with good field position. Uh, they ran to the kicker and gave them a fresh set of downs and then uh, let Texas run a, a kickback on them. And then they, lo- they lost in overtime. And then they go play a, a bad K-State team and they get lucky with the fumble recovery to beat them. And it's just tough for me to really figure them out uh, I, I want to like their quarterback, uh, Spencer Sanders. Um, I think he's from Denton. He put up crazy numbers in high school, but he's just so like helter skelter. Like he's, he, I don't want to say he's like Mon, but he's definitely really 
and consistent. Like, like when he's good, he's great. Like he's a really great runner. And when he, he's, he's good at throwing on the move, but sometimes he'll just have a ball that he just throws right to a defender, <laughs> like, or just like way off the mark. So um, if he can get, and he, he's still young. I think he was a, like a redshirt sophomore last year or something like that. But if he can get more consistent, I, I like their, their chances a, a lot better. Um, I know they, they lost Tylen Wallace on offense, who was uh, definitely one of their best receivers in recent memory. Um, lost Juba Hubbard, who was really good the, the year prior, but not great last year. Uh, they have a pretty good running back coming back this year. I think his last name is Brown. Um, offensive line should be solid. Uh, defense was actually really good by Oklahoma State standards. Uh, usually not the best in you know a Mike Gundy coach team, but. Uh, pretty good last year. I think most of those guys come back. So um, who knows? Like if they get, you know, consistent quarterback play, they could, you know, finish as high as third. If they don't, they could be as low as seventh. Uh, yeah, that's probably the case with most of these teams that we're talking about here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So as you were talking, I found the found the kid that I was talking about. Good. <laughs> uh, Braden Johnson. Braden Johnson. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he had – there was – you know, whenever I'm watching uh, highlights like that, I always try to look for somebody that I don't – I'm unfamiliar with. So, um, you know, I don't look at their star players the whole time. I, I'm right. watching their other players to see. And and there was just – there was several times that I was like, like, oh, who is that? You know, and I'd look him up and, and it was the same, same kid. Yeah. Um, but he he looks he looks like he would be in a position to um step in and take over for Tylen Wallace and he's um, he's pretty fast if i remember correctly yeah he he is and and he gets good separation and i, I just remember several of the plays that i was watching i, I was like wow that was a, that was a good route by him yeah. and and it it wouldn't be thrown to him but it, you know it was a good good route and so i i think he's a he's a at least in my like amateur scouting of him, I thought he was he looked really good and somebody that would be kind of salty for them. Yeah, um, I think if you look back at, uh, at the Texas Bowl that we played against him, I think Braden was a guy that was getting separation against us pretty often. And um, oh, was he? I think they had, they had a backup quarterback in who who missed him a couple times. I, I know he caught some some big plays on us, but um, he could he probably could have had a lot more if they had a their starting quarterback. But no, he's. He's 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 a, he's a he's a good player for sure. Yeah, and I mean, he was in that crop of of other really good receivers that kind of overshadowed him. Yeah. Um, but you know, I can I can look back and at plenty of teams throughout history that they had two really really standout receivers, and the third receiver, if it wasn't for the two standout receivers, he would have been a standout receiver, you know? Yeah. So I, I kind of have a feeling that that's where, where you'll see Braden. I, I think he's going to be their, their go-to guy this year. Um, just from what I, me, my, again, amateur and analysis of their gameplay, you know? Right. Um, but is it Texas time? Let's do it. Okay. It feels weird that we're this far in and haven't really talked about them yet, but. Um, I've got a lot to say and I promise it's objective as objective as I can make it. Um, but it's, it's the truth. So, you know, uh, take it for what you will, but Texas is in a very precarious spot with 
Steve Sarkeesian. And only because th- there's there's a sense that, that Sarkeesian has to go in there and win right away to maintain any kind of recruiting momentum. And it's true because the people that Texas recruits against, that re- recruit against, are now doing really well on the field. Uh, like Oklahoma, like A&M, you know, Alabama, LSU, uh, Oregon is trying to get down here and uh, dip into the Texas talent pool. But, you know, whenever Tom Herman got there, he was recruiting against a, a brand new Lincoln Riley and a Kevin Sumlin who was in his last season. So things were a lot easier for him. And now that, you know, Lincoln Riley's pretty established, and has Jimbo Fisher, who's an excellent recruiter. Um, these kids want to see something from Texas right away. And if they don't, then recruiting will take a significant dip, which it already has with the last class, which wasn't Sarkeesian's fault. That was that was on Herman. But I, I feel like he had a lot of hype when he was hired. And the the people that cover that program got out over their skis a bit. And they were like, hey, Texas is going to land a top five class. They're going to land this guy, this guy, this guy. And those guys are all going elsewhere now. So, um, but it's it's tough for them because this schedule is not easy. <laughs> and uh, I, in terms of their talent, which we'll get to in a second, uh, I'm not I'm not super. I wouldn't be super thrilled about it if I was a Texas fan. But real quick, they start the year with Louisiana Lafayette, and that's a serious team. I know that you hear a you know a team like that, and you might you know, brush them off, but that's a top 25 team. Uh, they have won that. I think they've only lost like three games in the past couple of years. Um, their head coach will be an sec head coach one day and they get a lot of transfers from the deep South. So, um, they may not recruit four stars year in, year out, but the four stars that go to Auburn and Florida and Miami or LSU, a lot of them end up transferring to Louisiana. So, um, that's going to be a tough game. And then they follow that up with a road trip to Arkansas, which we mentioned. And that those two, I'm not saying that like those two are going to tell the tale for Sarkeesian, but you really don't need to drop either one of those if you want to get through this with a decent record. Um, after that, they have Rice, Texas Tech, but then they follow that up with TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. And, and Iowa State right after that. So um, it's... It's it's a it's a tough schedule for for Texas and um you know if 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 they start 0 and 2 which is not out of the possi- like out of the realm of possibility that could that could spell big trouble but I think for them to for them to maintain any kind of or like a good sense of you know recruiting momentum I think 9 and 3 is probably the minimum if they go 8 and 4 or 7 and 5 or or god forbid 6 and 6 it's it's not a good start for for Sarkeesian, especially considering that, you know, if their recruiting does dip, that also coincides with them moving to the SEC, where half the teams on their schedule will then you know out talent them, which is which is bad. So that's kind of my my hundred foot view on on Texas this season. Yeah, I I have a pretty similar viewpoint on it. Um, Here's what I'll say. Sarkeesian, I don't think, is going to be a bad coach. I think he'll be a decent coach. I think he'll be a good coach. Um, He may be like Mike Gundy, like we talked about earlier. I don't think 
he's as good of a coach as uh, to make a comparison. Dave Aranda, I think, is going to make for a better head coach than Sarkeesian will. Um, you know, if you see Sarkeesian's pass, I'm not going to speculate on that. You know, I'm not going yeah, to go know. back to that. Let's just act like he was. This is his first time being a head coach, and um, because I'm sure he learned some lessons on the last one that maybe he he's not going to do this time. You know, yeah. and, and so um, I'm not going to hate on him as a coach because I do think that he's a coach. Or he's he's a decent coach. So what I will what I will say is I would compare him to probably Kevin Sumlin when we hired Kevin Sumlin. Right. Uh, everybody in the country wanted him. Um and and I'm I'm doing my best not to compare him to what's his name that's on the way or that just left Texas. Tom um, Herman. Tom Herman. I'm not gonna compare him to Tom Herman. I'm doing my best not to compare him to Tom Herman, but I'm gonna compare him to coach someone you know he came to AM. he he did really well for us uh for several years and um you know i i think he's that caliber of coach so that means that he's going to be able to win some games here's the difference here's what i look at he's recruiting against jimbo and lincoln riley mainly that is hard. That would be like if someone came in and, you know, it was still, he Mac was still having Stoops. to go against Mac Brown in his, in his, in his uh, prime yeah. and, and Stoops, you know? And so that's, that's kind of what I look at as it, you, if we had someone still, then then I think it would probably be a good hire, and maybe you could have higher expectations for him in year two or three. You know, I, I just don't see that happening, yeah. especially now with that move to the SEC. That's going to be really hard to recruit uh, for the next year or so because you know there's that question mark. I, didn't they lose that? Didn't they get a decommitment on Friday from like their top commit from 2022? He he wasn't uh, their top. He, he he was one of their tops. It was uh, Jalen Gillibo. Jalen Gilbo. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think it seemed like he'd been he'd been wavering for a while, and uh, I think it was it wasn't because of the move to the SEC. It was just kind of bad timing. But uh, yeah, he mm-hmm. he did open things back up, and um, like they have some some decent players committed. They got some decent players last year, but it's I feel like at at that program, for some reason, to be competitive, they have to be you know, in the top five. And even when they are in the top five, they, you know, sometimes are competitive even then. But, um, yeah. Well, my, my thing is, is here, this is what I'll, I'll say about it. Or I already said my piece that I I think that Sark is a good coach. Um, but I think they're going to have a harder time than they expect, uh, with recruiting, but they have some really good talent on their roster. They do. I don't know that I don't know that they're going to be able to put it all put all the pieces together because I do think that there's a, quite a bit of a culture shift in their team. Um I just now that he's gone, I can say this without worrying about what anybody else is going to come after me for, you yeah. know, cuz I I I tippy-tapped around it for a little while whenever he was there because you know, Texas fans would kind of get upset with me, but 
Tom Herman had this way of blaming everybody else for everything. And he's the only coach I, th- I can ever remember doing that in a press conference. Um, but there was one game that they lost, and when he went up there, he he said, well, we thought we had a really good game plan going into it, and um, and I still think we did, but it's just execution. Execution wasn't there. Well, let, let's let's extrapolate that out. All he's saying is, the coaches did a good job, but the players didn't. Like yeah. that, that I've never heard a coach say that before. Uh, and I was just kind of floored whenever I'm hearing him say that. But he did that multiple times, uh, yeah. a lot of times there in the past, like that last year or two. Uh, so there may have been more of a controversy or, or there may have been more infighting in that locker room than even we were led to believe. Yeah. Um, so, so I think piecing that back together will be hard. Uh, but then also to have, uh, you know, they're really going with that whole let's be young and hip and all gas, no brakes type thing. And, and that's kind of sort of weird. I don't know that that's going to really, I've, I've got build some camaraderie, you know. I've got a comment on that. Um, when you talk about like you, you compare him to someone, which I think is, is pretty accurate in, in many ways, but, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if Texas will ever understand that you need substance over hype and they're just all hype all the time. No matter who they hire as coach, it's just hype, hype, hype. They're doing it with, with Sark. They did it with Herman. They did it with Charlie Strong. It's just so over the top and uh, kind of ridiculous. And it's even more ridiculous when they don't back it up. And I think if, if they had a coach just come in there and say, you know what, we're going to, you know, bust our butts and, and do the best we can and you're know, not have any I'm going to sound like an old person but not have any fancy slogans or you know any kind of junk like that just go in and get to work then maybe they'd be successful again but it just feels like they're doing the same thing that they've been doing uh for the past couple of coaching hires but I, I could be wrong I mean yeah I, I just hope that they they actually have true core values now um because <laughs> the past two coaches kept the same five core values that, that apparently like half the teams in the country have. Yeah. And it makes me so like, it just really irritates me to no end. It's their, their core values are something like, um, respect, no guns, respect women. No. Yeah. Respect women, no guns, no drugs, no illegal activities. And, <laughs> That's not a core value. A value is not no guns. That that's not a value. A value is something like integrity or yeah. you know respect, selfless, selfless service. service. Those those are those are values. You know, no guns is not that. That's that's not even that's that's not even an adjective or, or whatever the whatever the literary term is that's just that's just a sentence that you wrote down and said hey don't don't buy a gun like i I don't know so uh, i that's all i my my hope for but uh, they they had a player with a gun they kept him on the team he had a gun illegally and they kept him on the team so they're not even following the quote-unquote core values that they do have or did have but yeah, um, well, and especially I thought they weren't supposed to have Glocks. But um, <laughs> any, anyhow, uh, let's talk about what I do like about Texas because they have are, a lot of talent. And, yeah, and of the, 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 benefit, the benefit of Texas for me 
sitting where I'm sitting right now, is that it won't be a situation like both Iowa State and uh, Oklahoma State where I'm like, dang it, what was that kid's name? What was that kid's name? Uh, because most of their their team is built with recruiting battles that I followed pretty heavily. Um, right. Let me tell you, my number one person that I really am excited to see, and that's Troy O'Meara. Do you remember yeah. how much how in love I was with Troy O'Meara whenever oh, yeah. he was a recruit? Um, and and I still am. I want to see that kid kid exceed, and and um, I think he can. Um, and so there, he's very talented. They've got other talent at receiver too. Xavier Worthy. Um, what, what's uh, Dixon's first name? Cavante. Calvante. Uh, Dixon. He's a good good one. Jordan Whittington. Um, Joshua Moore. Joshua Moore. Yep. Uh, but well, then, then running back. Like- like, like like Whittington, he, he was a, a a five star coming out. I saw him in the state title game, uh, play running back and break the 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 rushing yards record for Texas state title game. Uh, he's just been mm-hmm. hurt since he's been there. He, he's it's kind of similar to Baylor Cup. They were in the same class, and uh, I know Whittington has actually played at Texas. Where his cup hasn't played here, but um, he could. He, I think he he could burst onto the scene if he can stay healthy. Yeah, and and. And at, at running back, they they have. I mean, at, at wide receiver, they have some some pretty pretty significant talent. Um, and and then they have even more talent at running back. Um, Roshan Johnson and Bijan Robinson. I know I know that you know we like to prod them about oh they're not as good as their recruiting stars or whatever, but they're both really good running backs yeah. um, and in their league they're, they're great running backs for their league so um, I know that they've struggled in years past on keeping running backs healthy and um, so for, for their you know for their um, for their sake hopefully they can keep them healthy and, and, and that's what I would be looking at if I was a, a Texas fan you know what I would be hopeful for Yeah. Um, but Hudson Card again one of those things that you see or you hear a lot of, you know, back and forth on Hudson Card is is a really good um, quarterback, and I don't know. I haven't followed it to see who they they expect to start, whether it's him or Casey Thompson. But it seems um, pretty split. Yeah, I, I I would I would think that it's probably a similar situation to what we have at A and M, um, where it is kind of split, but at the same time, you know, Haynes Keen. Ha- King has such high talent. I think I think you see the same in Hudson Card. Yeah. He was a really good quarterback um, coming out, and and so I, I think I, I if I were to guess which one was going to start, and of course I know absolutely nothing on the inside of their their program. Um, I, I would think Hudson Hudson Card would push to start because yeah. I know that he has the talent, but but they've so got I, some really talented guys on defense too. Um, you they know, do. They got Vernon Broughton. Uh, yeah. Uh, Alfred Collins. He was really good defensive tackle. Yeah. Both those guys we wanted pretty, pretty bad. Um, uh, they, Overshown is a, a good linebacker. He is. And, and they also have another linebacker. And this, this guy isn't um, – this guy is very under the radar for sure. Um, but for whatever reason, I followed him on Twitter one time after a recruiting visit that he took to A&M. And I just continued to follow him, and so 
I I would watch his tape, and I I thought he had really good tape. He was only a three or four star coming out though, and that's Terrence Cooks, because um, mm. I would get him confused with Terrence Brooks, <laughs> and, and so oh yeah, uh, like I I would forget which one was which whenever I was on Twitter, you know. But uh, I would watch his tape, and he has some pretty good tape, but he he's not like one that you hear them ranting and raving over. But yeah, Overshawn is is a good good uh backer he's a good player uh, he just he wears he wears me out with all of his um <laughs> sweatbands that he wears the 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 uh former equipment manager and me i'm just thinking yeah. about you know like how they probably hide them whenever he's coming to the window you know and it's so I'm many like, oh here we go and then whenever they're cleaning his locker out right before the game they're probably trying to take back as many as they can to wash them and stuff, you know, but yeah, uh, I'm, I guarantee he's one of those guys that like hides them somewhere in his locker to where oh, yeah. they don't, they won't take them. And he's um, like stockpiles yeah. them. Yeah. But, um, um, if I'm, if I'm being optimistic, you know, if I'm trying to give Texas fans some optimism. I think there's something to be said that Sarkeesian, you know, was at the helm of, one of the best offenses of all time last season. I know it's Alabama talent, but, you know, he was the coach and, you know, he was calling a play. So I think I think there's something to be said for that. I think there's there's talent at running back. I think there's talent at receiver, although maybe some of it's a little bit young. And I think on defense, they've got some good uh, interior defensive linemen that you and I both like uh, mm-hmm. and some, some decent linebackers. And they brought in some transfers there, some transfers there as well. Um, to turn it on the negative side a bit, they did lose uh, some draft picks at, at some very important positions. Uh, they lost their their starting left tackle, uh, the heart of their defense, and their uh, best pass rusher by far, uh, Joseph Osai to the draft. Uh, they lost Chris Brown in the secondary, Caden Stearns in the secondary. Um, it's There are some good players on defense, but it's hard to see them being a, I don't know if, if if good is the right word. Like maybe they have good stretches, but I think in terms of like when when you look at like yards per play or like uh, defensive you know statistics, I think they'll they'll probably be pretty average. Maybe even a little bit below average. But um, I know they brought in a a uh, the def- the defensive coordinator from Washington, uh, Pete uh, Kwiatkowski, I believe is his name, uh, who's a good defensive mind, and maybe he can you know coach those guys up and turn them into a a solid unit but the other bad thing is you know what i harp on all the time is i'm not crazy about their offensive line um they haven't they've recruited pretty well in most spots uh offensive line isn't really one of those spots so uh losing a guy like sam cosmic to the draft i think he was a second rounder so um he was definitely the the anchor of that unit and uh the the star of that unit so uh, it remains to be seen if they can, you know, have someone to fill his shoes and uh, see if the whole unit can take a step forward. But um, there's there's things to like, there's things to not like. Uh, it's a very hard to predict and very uh, difficult schedule for Texas. So uh, we'll, we'll see what they can do. Yeah, my optimism for them isn't for this year. I, I don't think this year will be your year if you're a Texas fan. Uh, if I was a Texas fan, I'd be hopeful that next year would be our year in the big 12 right. to, to have a push for third maybe. Um, and, and that's, that's being optimistic because, um, you know, there, there is a shift in, in that, but I, I am 
say what you will about their coaches. Like I, I said, Sarkeesian was was a um, was a pretty good hire. I, I don't think it it was a world ending hire, but um, I think that was about the best they could do this year. Yeah. So uh, that being said, but they they have uh, Coach Joseph as their defensive backs coach. Well, I assume he's defensive backs. I don't know what they hired him as. He was our yeah. defensive backs coach. Yeah. Uh, but then they they also have I'm I'm blank on his name and I can't remember Jeff Banks. Um, Jeff Banks. Thank you. Coach Banks is like, in my opinion, he was the best coach that we had, other than maybe Terry Price. He was the best coach that we had under someone's regime. Yeah. And um, we would always talk about like he's going to be a head coach one day. Um, so I think he, if you, if you remember back, you know, think back 2013, 14, 15, Texas AM, think about how great our special teams was. If you remember how good our special teams was, um, where Chris, Christian Kirk was running you know, multiple touchdowns a year, you know, on punt return. And it just, that was the number one thing anybody ever had to say about us was how good our special teams was. Yeah. Um, that was coach banks. And, and he, uh, he really is a very good coach. So the, the question for me would be how much, um, like how, how much leash they give him. If, if they let him have control over, a lot of different positions um, and, and really let him truly coach and not try to micromanage him. Uh, that will be really good for Texas. Uh, he, he really is a good coach. Yeah. Um, I know there's questions about his personal life, but yeah, let's, uh, let's, he's, <laughs> we'll glaze over that one. You, yeah. More on that later. You can, you can do your own research on you that. Can use, but, you can use your internet uh, and, look at, and just go and look that up. <laughs> But yeah, he he was always super high energy guy and and very very smart coach and and I thought he was a really good coach and so I think he'll be a good coach for Texas. So hey, I'll, if I'll you're give a Sark- Texas fan, that's what you had to look forward to. I'll give Sarkeesian credit. Um, his his initial staff these these first hires that he made when he got there are a lot better than the hires that Tom Herman made when he got there. Herman really just brought over everybody from Houston that was already with him. And Mm -hmm. so it was like, you know, a G5 staff in a P5 conference. Uh, Sarkeesian did the opposite where, you know, yeah, he he brought some guys from Bama, which is, you know, uh, good. Like Bama typically hires pretty good coaches, pretty good coaches. Uh, But, you know, went and got a a DC at a good program in Washington, uh, hired a good, uh, you know, hired Terry Joseph from, I think, Notre Dame. And then, you know, hired Bo Davis, who's been a pretty good defensive line coach uh, in the SEC for a long time. But um, if, I'm, if I'm being honest, and I, uh, this may come back to bite me, but if they don't, if they go worse than eight and four, like if they go six and six this year, uh, I don't think Sark will make it more than four years. And I know that's it's too early to say that, but if they go, if they're, if they're seven and five or six and six, I think recruiting will tank. And uh, they're going to be in the same spot they were in a couple of years. But hey, I'm wrong all the time. So uh, what, that not, that might what, not be a bad thing if you're a Texas fan. You might be able to go out and get a really solid coach right as you move into the SEC. Yeah, and, there you go. I mean, so so it's not you're not saying anything necessarily bad there, uh, but 
yeah, I agree. If he's if he's just okay, um, I don't think that he will last into the SEC, depending on when they come in. Right. Um, so let's let's move on because we're we're already an hour and fifteen yeah. minutes in. It's long because we have ten teams to go over yeah. instead of just seven. You know. So I think we can fly um, through these next ones. Um, yeah, Kansas State. So I'm not sure if a lot of folks know this, but the coach at Kansas State was the is a uh, Chris Kleiman, who was the longtime coach at North Dakota State, uh, the best FCS program in the country. Uh, he's he's a really solid coach, and I think he'll end up going elsewhere and you know taking a bigger job because it, it's it's tough to win at Kansas State. Bill Snyder is a wizard for winning so many games with that program and uh, bringing them back from you know the the like 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 bottom like like bottom feeder status which is what they were their entire existence until he got there. But uh, I think Cleman's a good coach. They are never going to recruit a ton of four and five stars. I'm not sure if they even have any on their roster, to be quite honest. But they do have some pretty good players on offense. They have a terrific running back named Deuce Vaughn, uh, who's one of the best in the conference. Uh, he, he's a spark plug. He's like five foot five, like 180, but insanely fast, insanely quick. Uh, super exciting college football player. Uh, I think they would have had a lot better year last year had their quarterback, uh, Skylar Thompson, not gotten hurt. I mean, that goes without saying, you want your starting quarterback to be healthy. Uh, he got hurt like right after the Oklahoma game, after they beat Oklahoma. Uh, and they, they never were the same team after that. And um, I was watching them earlier today, and they have a, a receiver with the last name Knowles who is really good. So um, they have some good players there. And um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I, I picked them six just because of Deuce Vaughn, just because I think he's that good. <laughs> and I think he could just like will them to some wins this fall. And I don't know, maybe uh, maybe Kleiman, like he's a really good offensive mind. Maybe he can scheme up some stuff to you know, put them in a good spot to be successful. But um, they're never going to be very talented, but they're very well coached. And they can, as they've shown in the past few years, they've beaten Oklahoma two years in a row now. They can they can beat anybody on every, on any given weekend. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, this is one thing that I do like about the Big 12, especially like the bottom pack of the Big 12, is you got all these three stars and, and just kind of average guys that could potentially put together a really good team together, you know, and, and, um, and you just, you don't really know. Uh, And I feel like, I feel like the coaches that you see in the Big 12, um, it, it more coincides with how good of a coach you have, with how good you do, because it's not necessarily recruiting. It's more of, you know, how how well you actually – your coach actually develops your players, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I didn't realize that they that they had the North Dakota State coach i think it's his i think this will be his third year maybe his fourth but he's still he's still pretty new there yeah i I remembered um bill snyder leaving but yeah um i I couldn't remember who who filled his shoes you know yeah um and you know i don't follow kansas state so I, i really don't know but yeah um but let's 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 go Texas Tech because um, Tech has some good players on 
at the receiver position. Oh yeah. And um, the question is, you know, who who's their who's their quarterback? They got a transfer from Oregon, uh, Tyler Shuck. Uh, it's it, it's spelt weird. It's it, it's it's pronounced Shuck, but it's spelt S H O U G H, like Shuck, but mm-hmm. apparently pronounced Shuck. Um, he, he's a decent player. Uh, he did some some good things at Oregon. Um, I'm sure one, like one of the receivers you're going to talk about is uh, Eric Azukanma. Uh, yep. Really, really good receiver <laughs> for them. Yeah, yeah, he's he's. Uh, a great player. Um, and so I, I think he's going to be kind of like, uh, what's his name that you said with K state, you know, Deuce Vaughn, uh, Deuce Vaughn. He's going to be somebody that is going to see a lot of touches. Yeah. Um, assuming of course their quarterback can get it to him. Right. Um, but I, I think, you know, players like him are ones that, that they'll kind of revolve their playbook around, um, but they've got a few others. They've got the uh, Vasher. I think Vasher's gone. Is Vasher not gone now? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I think he's. Uh, um, I think he's on the Cowboys practice squad. Okay, never mind. Disregard. Um, <laughs> he was great. So, uh, <laughs> he, he, yeah, he was good. Um, sorry, guys. I, I've had a long day today, so I'm kind of. I'm really dragging. But hey, and um, with, with all due respect, it's Texas Tech. Like this isn't. Yeah. Mike Leach's tech. This is Matt Wells's Texas tech. And they've been pretty, pretty bad to be quite honest. Um, this could be that coach's last year. Uh, I don't, I'm not calling for his job or anything, but um, I don't think they're very happy with it. Uh, it was hard for me to predict tech. Like I, they you know brought in a transfer quarterback. They brought in, you know, a lot of transfers kind of like on all over on both sides of the ball. So they could mm-hmm. be, it's another just one of those Big Twelve teams, you know. Like they could be, they could finish in the top half. They could finish ninth. You know, it's it's uh, right. it's hard to say. Yeah, and it's the same thing that I said with K State. I'll say it one more time, and that's that. You know, it's it's all about how your coach performs. Yeah, because um, when when you can't rely on the players to just be players, um, you got to have good coaches and. It doesn't seem like Tech has a really great coach, so yeah. um, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's go West, West Virginia. Virginia then. West Virginia. Um, I do actually like their coach, uh, Neil Brown. He was the coach at Troy a few years back. Um, they had a sneaky good defense last year. Not a lot of folks talked about that, but it was like top 20 in the country in scoring defense, I think. Which is rare for really? for the Mountaineers. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like if I'm picking a team to take a step back this year, I'm probably picking them. Uh, they lost quite a bit of players off that good defense. Um, this is the, I guess, the downside of the the transfer portal is uh, smaller teams get good players and then they leave. Like they they had all American yeah. uh, safety uh, Tyke Smith that transferred to Georgia. You know who could compete for a championship this year. So. Uh, they had another another defensive back transfer to Auburn. Um, a couple guys went to the draft. Uh, they, they do have a good defensive tackle still. Uh, his last name is Stills, actually. Um, but he's pretty good. Uh, I don't love their offense. Um, it's it's a lot different from from the Holgerson days where you know, they were putting up 40, 50 points a game. Um, I think they're 
they're probably you know trying to be a little bit more traditional and run the ball a bit. But um, I'm not I'm not crazy about what they have going on on offense. Well, I'll I'll say I don't think that that I don't think that that really fits in the Big Twelve. I, I think you um, you know when you're playing Big Twelve esque teams, you uh, if you play two or three in a year, then being a traditional team, run the ball, you know, that kind of thing, control the clock, uh, it can really help you. You can beat those teams handedly if you if you play it right. Uh, but if every team you play is different, then it, then it kind of gets to where you're the odd man out that they're, they're <laughs> training for. Like they, they know they have – every team's going to come in with a game plan to, to get you off of your game. And um, some of them will work. Some of them won't. It's like the triple option at Georgia tech a while back. Right. Right. And, and so I I don't know that, that they'll have a whole lot of success with that. Maybe they proved me wrong, but I just, you know, if you went in, if you took a and M right now and you put them in the big 12, uh, I think they would struggle with some games because every single game you know you're going up against for the most part really good offenses and so um you know it it would be the traditional style of play would be harder to succeed in the big 12 i would say yeah um but you know um have you got anything on kansas i've got i've got one thing but if you have anything on them i'll i'll let you go I don't really know that I have anything for Kansas to be honest with you. Okay. Other yeah. than other than Puka Williams Jr. is is stupid good. Yeah. Um. So uh, I'm excited to see him play again, but um, he's their whole team. Yeah. Uh, I hate to say this, but Puka Williams is in the NFL now. Golly bum. I, I'm I'm logging off. I'll see y'all later. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> guys, it's hey, ten o'clock at night. I've yeah. been at work all day long on a Sunday. I just you know it's But hey, like I, it says something that the only player that either of us could name on their team, like he's the only one that I do on their team, but he's not even there anymore. So I uh, thought he was a sophomore or something. Like I, I thought he was I thought he was young still. Yeah, I think I think he opted out last year. Um he he's kind of had a weird weird trajectory in his career so um but it, when he when he played he was he was terrific but well i'll tell you i'll tell you what i've lost all credibility for anybody listening to this podcast <laughs> today and i'm sorry i promise it's not that not that uh, in this case it is because i didn't do my research on kansas but um some of the others isn't you know it was, i was watching film and i just didn't i, I didn't go and like double check to make sure that they didn't opt out early or, or declare early or whatever. But, um, I shouldn't have said anything, but, but, but Hey, it's Kansas. Like I, I didn't no, go watch any Kansas games. Like I know they're going to be bad and I'm just, I'm just tired. And, um, <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I'm wanting, I, I didn't want to leave y'all hanging without an episode today. <laughs> and so, you know, we're trying to turn over my quality. My quality has gone down. Um, because I just, I did all my research on Friday for this episode and then I worked all, all weekend long. And so I, I've kind of forgotten what I 
read and watched <laughs> and all that, you know. <laughs> so um, uh, I'll say I'll say one thing about Kansas. Um, this is going to be one of the worst teams in football. Uh, it's it's one of the hardest jobs in college football, and I wouldn't expect them to be any kind of respectable for the next two seasons at a minimum. But I will say this: they went and hired uh, Lance Leipold to be their coach uh, from Buffalo. Um, if there's any UMHB listeners out here, you know exactly who Lance Leipold is because UMHB couldn't win a title until he left Wisconsin Whitewater because he won, I think, six championships in a row at the D3 level. Uh, but by the time he left and went to Buffalo, he had six championships in his tenure there, and he had five losses. So he's a pretty good coach. He knows his stuff. Uh, he took Buffalo to a pretty respectable level. It's going to be very hard to do that at Kansas. So we'll, we'll see what he does, but, um, he's, he's definitely a, a dang good coach, but it's, it's gotta be one of the hardest jobs in football. So, um, if, if he, if he gets them to a bowl, that is a tremendous win for him. I mean, like in the next four or five years, but, um, it's Kansas, man, they're a basketball school. They're, they're bad when it comes to football, but <laughs> Well, uh, I think that about wraps us up. Will, uh, do you have anything that you want to say about the Big 12 overall? Um, I hate that it's, you know, in all likelihood coming to an end in the near future. Um, but, hey, you know, if this is their last ride, uh, let's make it a good one. I mean, I think there could yeah. be some, some some good football played in the Big 12 this season. Uh, you know, we're, we're high on a couple of these teams, and, I mean, especially with – you know, Oklahoma could compete for a title. Iowa State could win their first championship, their first college championship, maybe ever. Uh, Texas is always a storyline because new coach, new maybe new conference. Uh, you know, just the general chaos that goes on with that program. So um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, for as for us, for the rest of the week, uh, we're doing uh, AM schedule breakdown on Wednesday, and then Q and A episode on Friday. So. Uh, get geared up for that. Uh, send in some questions, and we will talk to you on Wednesday. And I, I promise you all that uh, the next couple episodes or the ne- next episodes period will not be as lackluster for me. <laughs> I will, I will bring it. Um, and I'm not saying that I was lackluster because of Big Twelve. I just was was kind of. It's been a long weekend, so um, sorry for my my missteps here and there on this episode. It. Uh, I hope you get excited about Wednesday's episode because I'm excited about it. That one will be a really, really good episode. And then the Q and a episode was my favorite the last time we did it. So I think that's just going to be even better this time. So get hyped. We we still love you, Chase. I love you too. All right. See y'all Wednesday. Bye.